0: The best damn podcast that the internet has to offer. From the sniper of snipers. They talk about my one ups. The gamer of gamers. Hail to the king, baby. And the best damn charity streamer that the world has ever known. Get back to work, you slacker. That's right. This is the Glock 9 Show. Now, I would like to introduce the one, the only, me. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Glock 9 Show. Thank you guys all for your recent reviews. I see all of them. I tell you guys all the time, it's greatly appreciated. You know the iTunes is blowing up with all the five star reviews. I don't ask for five star reviews, but thank you if you post a honest review. I don't even care if it's one star. Just let me know what your problem with the show is, and I will work on it. (laughs) But so something I get asked a lot. You know when people start learning who I am, what I you know how I grew up and things I've you know I've done people who a lot of people started after facebook people found my personal facebook page and started adding me and going through um like you know my pictures and stuff like that and a lot of people you know are always interested in uh before i had kids and started gaining my weight uh, my former addiction was fighting and currently still is it still is an addiction to me I, i love combat sports you know i love boxing i love MMA I love Muay Thai kickboxing I love all that stuff but people actually don't know that I have competed in the past uh, I trained hours on end every single day uh, pretty much since, since I was 13 years old and people start going through my Facebook page and people be finding the pictures of me with certain fighters and like how the heck do you know them and stuff like that so I figured I'd give you guys a little history on you know that part of my life i started training uh at a place called self-defense institute which is not around anymore we used to, we used to call it sdi um it, it was it, that was more of a self-defense place it wasn't like competitive uh martial arts or anything like that it was literally all about self-defense and i got into this it's actually funny before i find out my brother listens to this show i don't give him credit let me give him credit I grew up watching wrestling, WWF, WWE. Big, huge fan of it. I was that kid in his bedroom wrestling, and stuff, you know, stuffed animals and stuff when I was, like, six years old, seven years old, whatever. And, you know, that, that that's what I used to do. And my brother was actually watching uh, a UFC fight when I was probably, like, 11, probably almost 12 years old. And I was like, what the heck is this crap, you know? I, and so when I walked in the room, I saw Like two dudes on the ground, and I'm like, "Oh, this is like real wrestling, like like college wrestling type stuff." Man, I like that kind of stuff. That's that's boring. And he goes, "No, this is a UFC. This is a martial mixed martial arts." I ain't I ain't care for it, whatever. I ignored it. But then, The Ultimate Fighter, uh, season one. The Ultimate Fighter season one came out. I'm trying to look up the date now, so I know the exact year that that came out. Two thousand five. So 2005 Ultimate Fighter season 1 came out and I was already in uh SDI the Self Defense Institute it was Krav Maga and people who don't know uh what Krav Maga is and, and by the way it's uh spelled K R A V M A G A it was you know basically created by the Israeli Defense Forces you know for their military like it's it's like the best way I put it, it's it is boxing, wrestling, judo, you know, all that stuff mixed into one. But it's literally like street self defense, bro. Like you would you would literally practice like kicking someone in the nuts. Like someone would hold a pad down there, and you got you got to like the st- the stuff they taught you in this class was like a lot of dirty stuff. But it's like self defense. It's like literally things that you need to know to you know defend yourself in the real world it's not meant for competition and stuff like that but i started doing you know a lot of krav maga and then i got into brazilian jiu-jitsu uh which we had at the same place and i did that for you know a good couple of years but then i decided that i wanted to you know start training and getting involved with like actual competing in you know jiu-jitsu tournaments and you know mma and so i ended up you know training at this self-defense place for about two years and then i was probably off training for about a year and a half or some you know or so i was getting in a lot of trouble in in uh, in school in high school uh you guys probably hear about that in the uh previous episode called my suicide story and the the hardship i went through well part of that was getting myself back on track uh, in life and kind of grounding myself and stuff like that was through mixed martial arts and so I I signed up at this place uh, called Fairtex. If you guys don't know, what Fairtex is Fairtex is a you know, there's Fairtex is all over the place. You know, it's 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 a brand. It's um you know it's but it's mainly known for Muay Thai and it's known for its largest gym in uh, Patea, uh, Thailand. They have a huge gym out there. It's where you know Fairtex got famous, and you know we have one in my backyard. You know, not far down the down the road from me, and I signed up at this gym and I got into like actual Muay Thai. And people don't know what Muay Thai is. Muay Thai is you know you know dubbed as the art of eight limbs because it's the one it's it's kickboxing, but in, in in traditional kickboxing you can only kick and punch. In Muay Thai you can kick, punch, you can clinch up, a knee, elbow. Uh, it's 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 literally is the art of eight limbs and it's very different style. And if you ever talk to me about fighting and sports and stuff like that. I've done all the traditional sports. I've done separate boxing training. I've done Muay Thai training. I've done, you know, jujitsu, all this other different stuff. Everything is different, which is why I also I usually won't call boxing fighting. It's a science. It's completely different. Yes, it's hand in hand combat. It's a sport, but it's, it's it is a science. It's completely different. But Muay Thai is what I truly fell in love with because when I was competing in MMA and doing they're called smokers. If you ever hear a, a term about fighting and it's called a smoker. Uh, it's where one gym so let's say our gym was in the bay area of california right and we decided to take our whole fight team and go down to la to a de- another gym you would basically put on a you know basically <laughs> it was you know they've been kind of outlawed because people would try and sell tickets to them stuff like that but it's they are fights but they're not sanctioned by state athletic commission it's basically hard sparring that's what we call it there technically is no winner you know it's like it's like one of what these tiktokers and youtube youtubers are doing like they're not actual like boxers or they're not sanctioned they don't have you know it's it's considered a hard sparring match where you're not really supposed to be knocking trying to knock somebody out but it's yeah so you know we did a lot of smokers and i was doing a lot of mma fights and stuff like that and i was doing good you know i was doing you know i'm not upset with the way i was doing but the problem is when you're starting off in mixed martial arts and you know all this stuff it's dominated by these really really good high school you know and college wrestlers and i had no real wrestling background i used to practice with the wrestling team here and there uh, but i wasn't competing in wrestling in high school I, I didn't have the grades for it but i used to work out with them and i would train with them sometimes but the problem is i'm not practicing this thing like, like a religion but all these beginners that get into fighting with this wrestling backgrounds They literally, these guys will literally take you down and lay on top of you, and they won't try and punch you. They won't move. They are literally just trying to win the fight by laying on you. And because you don't have the same background as they do in wrestling, you you're exerting way more energy than need be because you don't know the right tactics to get out of it. So it was very frustrating. Uh, You know, every any time that I quote unquote lost or I felt like I lost. It was because i lost to a wrestler and i just wasn't having fun with it so when i started getting into traditional like traditional muay thai like not you know like traditional training of muay thai uh for my trainer on fairtex who had uh over 400 muay thai fights in thailand before he came over here um he i mean this guy is an absolute amazing human being uh he is yeah you know, he's he's a legend in Muay Thai, and I was it's such a blessing to be trained by him and taught. You learn a lot of life lessons. That's why I tell people about about fighting and you know all this stuff. You learn a lot of life lessons. You know, you learn about a lot about yourself too, and how how you know how deep you can dig, and you know, you build a lot of self confidence. But so, anywho so i got into muay thai learning the traditional muay thai you know stuff and i did that for you know quite a few years where i even got you know known at this at the gym i was at and they were allowing me to do beginner classes like basically the way we did it because it's very easy to get hurt it's very easy to get hurt in uh you know training and fighting and stuff like that so when you sign up for the gym and you have no experience or anything like that, you are required to do four beginner classes. So we teach you how to, you know, proper, you know, basically the basics on how to throw a punch, kick. But the main thing is to learn how to hold pads. So, you know, we uh, so they had me doing the beginner classes. So my days before I had kids, you know, I was married. My wife was very supportive and stuff like that of what I was doing and my passions and stuff like that. But I would go to work from five a.m to 1 30 p.m and usually i would go straight from work to the gym sometimes i would go home first you know and grab something and go to the gym but i'd be in the gym from three from three to 4 30 i'd be doing my own type of training i'd be like on the heavy bag banana bag or you know speed bag you know maybe doing a little bit of a um you know different exercises jump roping stuff like that. basically warming up so, and then at 4.30, I kind of take a little bit of a break, get some water rest, and then at 5, 5 to 6, we had strength and conditioning class, and then 6, uh, 6 to 7.30, we had our regular training classes and stuff like that, and then as soon as that class is over at 7.30, I would have a beginner class from 7.30 to 8.30, which was kind of like a cool down, because I'm more or less showing people how to do something, not actually doing the workouts, but then the, the gym closed at 8.30. So once the gym was closed at eight thirty, uh I would go into private training with my trainer from probably about eight forty five once everything's closed up. So we would start at eight forty five and go until about, you know, nine thirty, nine forty five. So about an hour of hard, vigorous training. And then I would go home, eat, and then literally take a shower and go to bed. Get up the next day, five A. M. to one thirty, and then from three till about 10 o'clock at night, I'm in the I'm in the gym the entire time. That was my that was my life. For about the first three years of my marriage, nothing but full-on hard training and getting into you know a lot of smokers, a lot of a lot of fights, some amateur Muay Thai fights and stuff like that. So the gym I was at I ended up changing its name to KOA, K-O-A, which is a Hawaiian word for uh, warrior or brave one. There's different interpretations of it, but we ended up you know splitting off from the Fairtex name, going with our own name, or you know different owners and stuff like that. But we were a sister gym To El Nino In San Francisco Which is uh, Owned by the UFC fighter Gilbert Melendez So Gilbert Melendez uh, Who was a former strike force champion Amazing fighter uh, Basically Our Our One of our Muay Thai trainers uh, Was training at his gym With their coach uh, Named Johnson, Who's also a friend Of On Fairtex, Who is a um, Legend in Muay Thai And stuff like that They're You know kind of like rivals for a long time and they're good friends now but we would go down there and basically I, I, i'd be going to san francisco a lot training at the gym uh with their fighters with gilbert melendez with nate diaz and nick diaz jake shields and all those guys and going you know basically they would come to us sometimes we would go with them and there, i met a lot of really really cool people where one of my favorite stories uh, which is hilarious so we, we, we trained with so many fighters that you know sometimes at El Nino we would run into certain people and one of the people we ran into at the one year anniversary of El Nino's grand opening uh, I met Dana white you know if you guys know who Dana white is he's you know, you know one the president of the UFC and you know all this other stuff uh had a really long conversation with him just BSing nothing nothing crazy you know just just you know talking to him getting to know him and You know, stuff like that. So we went to, me and uh, a couple coworkers and uh, some people from the gym and stuff like that went to a UFC fight in San Jose where the San Jose Sharks play. And we were on floor seats. You know, we were probably second row or something like that. And Dana White comes walking out to the event. I'm standing right where they walk out, where they're walking to the ring. And Dana White literally stops and looks at me and goes, Hey, what's up, Steve? And shakes my hand, gives me a hug, takes a picture with me. And everyone that I was with just started freaking out. Like, how, how do you know Dana White? Like, how did he, how, more specifically, how did he know your name? Now, Grant, I guarantee you he has no idea who I am nowadays. <laughs> guarantee you he has no idea who. And if he saw me, he wouldn't even recognize me. Probably wouldn't even remember me. But it was like, I literally just met, I, like, just talked to him, like, two weeks ago for, like, a good, probably hour and a half. You know, just... <laughs> But it was one of the things for me that I just thought was absolutely hilarious seeing everybody freak out, like they couldn't believe that he actually said my name, knew who I was, and stuff like that. But you know, uh, for a while I was training at a, you know, uh, you know, part time at AKA, which is where a lot of these UFC fighters fight out of in San Jose, and it's more of an MMA gym, but it's a, it's a little it's a little different than most traditional gyms because. It is, what's the best way to describe it? It's like a click. Like, if you're not part of, like, the team, like, if you're not in the UFC and you're not, like, a, you know, up-and-coming fighter and stuff like that, you're, like, in a different class. You don't actually get to, like, you don't get to actually, like, get, like, the really good training, I would say. But that's when I first uh, trained with, uh, if you guys remember, the heavyweight champion of the UFC, Cain Velasquez, who is an amazing human being, uh, super down to earth, amazing, amazing person. But this was before he was a UFC fighter, though he wasn't even in the UFC yet. And I will always say that was he is the only one that I can actually truly say has ever hit me the hardest. <laughs> but you know, we I train with the like you know the likes of you know Anthony Pettis and Jake Ellenberger and you know a lot of the a lot of these guys who were at the time were really big stars. You know Anthony Johnson and, and stuff like that, and you know. Also, credit to uh, my, you know, really good friend of mine still. We talk all the time. I don't train anymore, but uh, Mauricio Alonso, who, if you guys look it up, knocked out Josh Koscheck in uh, Bellator. Uh, That's a really cool behind-the-scenes story. Uh, I'm sure Mauricio doesn't listen to this. I'm I'm just going to tell it for him. Uh, He was basically, Mauricio Alonso was always at, like, you know, scratching at the door of these big, organizations for fighting and then would lose like one fight and at the his way all the way back up. He's, he's an amazing fighter, but he was my jujitsu coach. He is an amazing, amazing jujitsu fighter and amazing coach too. It taught me so much, even though I had a couple of years of training, you know, still a white belt, never tried to, never tried to, you know, go for anything higher. I just, but more or less I was training for jujitsu for MMA and not really traditional, but, uh, he helped me out so much in, in learning like the traditional tactics and stuff like that. But his story is really cool when it comes to that Josh Koscheck fight because he was picked for that fight specifically to lose. Uh, Bellator literally like, just signed Josh Koscheck for a big payday, and they wanted to give him a tune-up fight. So they picked Mauricio Alonso, who has not really fought in a huge organization. Bellator is the biggest organization he's been in. This was a main card fight. He was basically picked to lose. I mean, I wish I would have went to Vegas out and bet on him at the time. And he went out there and he absolutely destroyed him. I mean, he completely knocked him out. Josh Kostchuk tried to act like a little punk and act like he got poked in the eye when it was actually a punch. Um, and he went forward and he, and he, he laid him out. And you know, basically, I mean, in all honesty, though, he he basically pissed off the promotion. Uh, he he pissed off the promotion, and they did not uh, sign him to another fight. Uh, they were the only fight they tried to give him was he. You just went from the main card and knocked out a very well known name in in you know, very you know, I wouldn't say very dramatic fashion, but pretty dramatic fashion. No one saw it coming, and then they they were only trying to offer him. They're only trying to offer him like undercard fights against no neighbors. and he's like no i've worked too hard to get here i deserve my shot and then as far as i know he hasn't really fought since he's just he opened his own gym and stuff like that i still talk to him he goes we go to church together and stuff like that but it's such an amazing time of my life meeting all these people being actually involved in this world of combat sports and traveling and you know not just for my own fights but going for to support other people and other other teammates and supporting our coach going down to uh, what, Pomona or is it Pomona right in California? I always want to say Panama. <laughs> it's not, I think it's Pomona uh, down, down by the LA area to go to this big, huge Muay Thai event and sit front row and, you know, just see how all the inner workings of, of the industry are. And it's such a, such an amazing like family uh, when you're at it, when you're at a gym like this, like doesn't matter if you're one of the one of the quote-unquote top fighters there you've been there the most whatever as soon as someone signs up and they come to class their family and you know you take care of each other yes you're punching each other in the face <laughs> you're punching each other in the face you're kicking each other and going at it and but you know and people you know myself included have gotten a little heated at certain people you know who go a little too hard in training and you can risk you know risk injuries and among other things but again it all comes down to i always you know i can't you know COVID kind of screwed it up i can't wait to put my kids into some kind of martial art whether it be jiu-jitsu muay thai whatever but the uh the life lessons you learn the family aspect of it you know and it's so good for in all honesty, for your mental health like just you have a bad day. You want to let your frustrations out. You you know you go in there and you just let it all out and you know let all that that anger and energy out. Not on somebody's face, mainly on people's pads, or on a heavy bag or something like that. But you just you know you let that that frustration of your day get out. You know, but it's one of the highlights highlights in my life. I don't usually talk about it that much. I don't like go out there and brag about it because it's it's just one of those things where. I really feel like Nowadays Cause when I got into it When I got into Krav Maga training And self defense training Back in the day The gym only cost 20 bucks a month UFC was not super popular You know MMA was not po- Super popular So it was like It was literally 20 dollars a month And now So when I when I, The reason I stopped training Was my wife got pregnant We bought our first house You know Or a townhouse And I couldn't afford. To, it was one hundred and sixty dollars a month to go to this gym, and that's why I was helping them train too. But now she, my wife's pregnant. I'm about to have a kid. I don't, I can't be there from three to ten at night. Because also now I moved about half an hour away. So now I got to you know, you know, that drive right there. You know, so it's just you know, after I started you know basically growing up and paying bills and stuff like that, I could not afford one hundred sixty dollars a month. You know, on top of the gas to get there and back. On top of the timing with a pregnant, you know, when she's pregnant and when the baby get, gets here, I gotta be around more. I can't. I can't be gone all day. I gotta be there with my kids. So, I basically made the decision. It was a very hard decision. I basically said that I need to. I need to kind of like hang it up. You know, I mean, I don't. People don't understand when you if you want to make money and you want to be a professional fighter. I mean, you can go look at a lot of these people's stories. Who, you, you know, especially in the UFC and stuff like that, or in boxing or any of these sports where people make a living out of. Number one, you're really not going to make a living uh being a Muay Thai fighter, even if you're a champion. It's really hard. Uh, they don't they, they don't pay that much money. A lot of the fights that you're going to fight are going to be overseas if you want to make money. So you, you know, you gotta you try and get sponsors to pay for your gym because a lot of people their gym membership is paid for by sponsors or the gym who. You, know, you you give them you know they're going to get you fights and pay pay them with uh something what you make or whatever and so if if you want to be a Muay Thai fighter which is what I really love to do I love Muay Thai fighting, but also I'm a big dude I'm a big guy so if you, if you guys see the pictures of me that people were you know basically have found uh I was in very very good shape but I'm 6'2" with a big frame and I was fighting at 190 pounds, which is considered big for Muay Thai because it's a traditionally from Thailand and, you know, men from there are not that big. They're usually a lot smaller. So, you know, ideally for Muay Thai, you want to be around anywhere between like 135 and like 155, 170. So for me being fighting at 190, it was really hard to find opponents. So it, it, you know, for me to compete in Muay Thai and try to make money, it's not really going to happen. I wasn't a fan. I, again, I wasn't really a fan of fighting. I, I love watching MMA. I love watching and going to fights at MMA, especially top guys. But again, when you're fighting amateur fights and you know smokers and stuff like that in MMA, it's not. It's basically a wrestling match. No one wants to stand there and strike with you. So if you're a traditional striker, it's really hard to actually have the motivation to do it. You know. So basically, I took. I made the decision. You know, the, the decision to basically hang it up I'm not gonna make a living off of this uh I'm gonna choose to be a family man that's what I want to do I you know so maybe I'll get back into it one day and this and that but I'm I'm never going to be quote unquote professional I'm never going to be making a living off of this because again I, back to what I was going to say originally people don't realize the people that do this stuff for a living they had to sacrifice so much especially like family time because it's a full-time job it's literally a full-time job and you have to basically unless like you're a stay-at-home husband or something like that or a stay-at-home wife what you know you you, women you know women can be fighters too just saying but unless you 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 know you're you have a significant other that's paying your bills you have to work your eight-hour job and then go basically it's a full-time job you're there for about eight hours in the gym You know, learning and then working out to stay in shape, and learning some more, and then staying in shape. You know, it's 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 a full time job. It's not it's not something that you can just you know you can't just not train because also all these places that you're gonna fight are gonna ask what gym you're associated with. You have to have a corner. You're gonna have this and that. So it's and a lot of a lot of the gyms will not let you fight under their name unless you're training with them. A lot, because it's their gym's reputation at stake. That's, you're not just fighting for yourself; you're fighting for the you know the name of the gym. The you know, people recognize the name when they see you. Like, oh, there's a lot of good fighters coming out of KOA. Like, whoa, this, you know, this, that's what's up. So yeah, I chose to hang it up, went to be a family man when we had had my son. So went, my son's six now. So man, it's been six years ago that I stopped training. Jesus, no wonder I got fat. <laughs> So usually what I would do, again, it was 5 a.m. to 1.30, 3 to about 9.30 or 10, if I still had a little bit of energy left or if I was still coming down from either my pre-workout or, like, just from my adrenaline still running, I, that's when I would kick on my, my video games and play some Call of Duty and stuff like that. You know, people always would ask, like, how did I have time for video games back then? I'm like, it wasn't hours on end. It was literally, like, maybe a half hour to an hour of some Call of Duty or you know, MLB, the show or something, you know, besides high school is when I played games religiously, I kind of put them down for a little bit to do this. And, you know, that's why I love the UFC games. You know, it's just, I, I love, I love combat sports. I just don't, I just don't usually stream them because it's, who wants to watch me fight a computer? <laughs> but yeah, so that guys, that's my history on, you know, fighting and mixed martial arts. <laughs> I, I thought it was funny. I got this question from about four different people because people were finding my my personal facebook account which no i don't usually add anybody on there so i have to actually like know who you are for me to actually accept it but there were pictures on there there were pictures on there maybe i'll post maybe i'll post some in uh, gilded for you guys to see you'll see actually that at one point in my life i was in shape but it was funny when I got those questions from you guys, and they're like, "Yeah, I didn't know you did that. I didn't know you knew this." Because there's a bunch of pictures of me with a bunch of different fighters, uh, like Chris Cyborg, you know, and people like them. It's like, and it's not just like pictures with me at a convention. It's like me and them in a gym, like all sweaty. Like obviously, I just trained with them, so it's 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 a really cool part of my past. It's just one of the things that like I don't really brag about. I don't I don't like talk about it too much because I nowadays. If you hear people talking about stuff like that, it sounds like they're bragging. I'm not bragging. It's just it was just one of my interests. And it's something I, I, I still love and I really want to get my kids back into it. I would love, you know, to get back into it and then start live streaming some of the training and stuff like that. But you know, we'll see what happens here in the near future, where we're living, what we're doing, if, you know, I have time, you know, I would love to sign the kids up and while they're in class I can be in a different class or doing something else. So that's my plan. But we'll see what happens. I mean, like I said, I fully embrace the dad life, streamer, podcaster life. Uh, I mean, who knows? You know, me actually putting gloves on and getting getting in there, you know, or training at least might be behind me. We'll see. So, anyways, guys, thank you guys for all the questions. If you guys ever have a topic you guys want to hear about or even go in depth about something about my own personal life like this, please feel free to ask me if you, you guys are interested in listening. Again, this podcast is made for you, the listener, you know, to enjoy, to, you know, when you see fit, when you have nothing else to listen to on the radio because there's no new songs coming out, you throw my voice on there and listen to it on the way home. <laughs> but I want to make sure you guys are hearing topics you want to hear about. And again, thank you guys so much for the reviews. I always gotta shout you guys out because it's crazy when I, lo- you know, on Thursdays when this podcast releases, I always see you guys sharing it to like Twitter and tagging me in, or you know, posting on your stories on Instagram. You know, check check my boy Glock out. It it, it really warms my heart. I love it. I appreciate you guys to the fullest. Until the next time, guys, have a great rest of your week. Stay safe. Stay blessed. Peace.